0: In a culture of highlight reels and Instagram statics, it's easy for a walk with God to turn into one big performance for everyone else instead of an honest seeking of Jesus for ourselves. But in this podcast, we're gonna read through the Bible together and also get real and talk about the joys and struggles of being a Christian in this day and age. Because well, why not? Hi guys and welcome back to the Why Not podcast with me, Connor JC. I hope that you guys have had a brilliant week. Honestly, I can't even remember what this week was like. I know that today was a pretty long, stressful day. So suddenly I'm seeing this whole week as long and stressful, but it probably was pretty good. In fact, Thursday was a pretty good day. I had a friend come down and visit her home and that meant we got to go for a walk and it was just a beautiful, sunny day. We walked through mud, we walked through the river, we had a full on Moses moment and it was brilliant. But yeah, that was my week and I hope yours was okay. So today we're gonna be talking about Lent. Now I didn't know that this was such a controversial quote unquote topic in the church, but apparently it is. So let's just jump right in. So I'm sure you guys know what Lent is, but for the sake of those who don't or just want further clarification, Lent is a time of preparation for Easter. In the same way that we have a time of preparation for christmas which is called advent lent is kind of the equivalent for easter it kind of makes sense because you know just as we carefully prepare for events in our personal lives like weddings and birthdays and christmas you know we should also carefully prepare for easter seen as you know it is a time where we remember jesus's life death and bodily resurrection Lent is a time that helps us to kind of really focus and hone in on those things. But ultimately the purpose of Lent doesn't just stop at like the whole sadness and despair, but it points us to the hope of the resurrection and the day where every tear will be dried and we're gonna be in heaven, it's gonna be awesome. And that is what Easter is about. And I think it's really important to kind of focus on the journey of Easter and not just skip straight to the day. Because, you know, the gospel, there's a lot. The gospel isn't just, we can have eternal life. There's a whole lot of who, what, where, why, and when beforehand. Actually, I feel like that's probably heretical to say, but you guys get what I mean. So I guess the next thing I want to talk about is like, why the whole 40 of it all? That's a question I've heard a lot. And you know, there's kind of a few biblical kind of 40 things. I mean, there's about 146 references to number 40 in scripture, but I'm going to just focus on some that talk about kind of like events. So obviously there's the 40-day period, which represents Christ's time of temptation in the wilderness, where he fasted and where Satan tempted him. And then we have Moses' where he lived for 40 years in Egypt and 40 years in the desert before God selected him to lead his people out of slavery. Then Moses was also on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights on two separate occasions while he was receiving God's laws. He also sent spies for 40 days to investigate the promised land. And Jonah powerfully warned ancient Nineveh for 40 days that its destruction would come because of its many sins. And the prophet Ezekiel laid on his right side for 40 days to symbolize Judah's sins. Elijah went 40 days without food or water at Mount Horeb. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot. (laughs) And uh, I found this really interesting thing that said the number 40 can also represent a generation of man. Because of their sins after leaving Egypt, God swore that the generation of Israelites who left Egyptian bondage would not enter their inheritance in Canaan. The children of Israel were punished by wandering the wilderness for 40 years before a new generation was allowed to possess the promised land. So why do I talk about 40, 40, 40, 40, 40? Well, if any of you guys kind of have an understanding of Lent, especially from a kind of like a Christian point of view, like how people celebrate it, it's typically kind of where you give something up for Lent. That's the typical phrase. And I feel like a lot of non-Christians kind of know that, too. So I was like raised as a Catholic, I went to a Catholic church and a Catholic primary school. And I wasn't a Christian by any means, but I always knew that, okay, Lent meant you had to give something up. And obviously that isn't what Lent is all about. But in my eyes and the eyes of those around me, Lent was a sad time because it meant you had to give up sweets or chocolate or TV or anything that you actually liked. And what made it worse was my birthday is always in Lent thank you, mum. Which meant that when I grew up, anytime i give something up, like a treat, like TV, it meant that I could never watch TV on my birthday. Chocolate, I couldn't have a chocolate cake. Cake, I couldn't have a cake on my birthday. Like, how tragic was that? But I guess even then, in that, I recognised that in this period of 40 days, there was something being given up. There was something that replicated, in part, kind of, Jesus' is fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And obviously, like, not having cake and not eating and drinking are two completely different things. But I was young, and to me, that meant everything. So I guess a lot of people, I think the controversy comes in where I think in the early church, I think people forced people to observe Lent in a way that they had to fast for 40 days and 40 nights the exact same way as Jesus'. And like people were forced to do this and people were forced to give money and there were a bunch of other things, too. So it became kind of like a law of man. So if you guys remember what I was talking about in Mark chapter seven, where the Pharisees are going on on this like cleanliness route and Jesus is like, you guys are making like human doctrines and making them kind of like human commandments. Like, y'all aren't following God. You guys are just following your own commandments, basically. And I feel like that's kind of what became of Lent. It turned into this legalistic thing where you had to do this if you were a Christian. If you didn't, then you're not a Christian. You're not observing this time correctly. And maybe flavours of that still kind of last today. I mean, I guess maybe they even last inside me. Because any time I think of Lent, I'm like, okay, so what are we giving up this year? So I guess in part, I i recognize that maybe in my heart i'm like well you know i i should do this if i want to seem like a good christian this was before i was even a christian i was observing it so i don't know but i feel like my understanding of what lent is and what lent should be has drastically changed since i became a christian instead of like focusing on a time of giving something up just for the sake of it it's kind of helped me to really just stare at the cross more deeply for 40 days. And, you know, here I'm coming back again with a Lee quote. You can never move on from the cross. You can only come into a deeper understanding of it. And I feel like since I've become a Christian, Lent has kind of just helped me go closer to the cross of Christ. And therefore, it is not a bad thing for me. But I understand that for many people, you know, it just isn't their thing. So I guess kind of linked into that, the next thing I want to talk about is our motives. So first I'd say that like if anyone like me is doing Lent, I think the main thing is not to give off the impression to kind of fellow brothers and sisters who aren't observing Lent in the same way as you or not observing it at all. We can't make them feel like they're missing out. Because, you know, if a season of Lent were that important to spiritual growth, then the apostles would have recommended it the bible would talk about it like lent isn't even mentioned in the bible (laughs) so it's i guess it's not unreasonable to remember the track record of how christians have sometimes allowed these seasons to get out of hand by making them into a new law like paul makes himself kind of clear in colossians 2 16 where the apostle's conversation isn't about lent but the principle is applied and it's kind of what we're talking about in mark chapter 7 too I guess the second thing I want to talk about, I don't know who this will relate to, but in an attempt to reconnect with our roots, quote unquote, there's a possibility of offending a weaker brother who found their former Catholicism or Anglicism or whatever high church tradition they were part of to be life draining rather than life giving. So what I mean by that is if you have someone like me who was from the Catholic Church but had a really negative view of Lent because it was just really, like, constricting, it was just, like, the law of men weighing on your heart instead of the gospel of grace, then, you know, it, I guess it could offend people, but, yeah. And I feel like the fact that, so I I kind of researched this and just seeing a bunch of different people's views on Lent. See that there there is kind of hurt associated with this, so I guess it could it could make people kind of stumble in a way, but nobody should stumble over a fast. But it's important to check one's motives for observing Lent. You know, when Christ told the disciples about fasting, which is kind of one of the things in Lent, but people do it differently. But he says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So like a small personal sacrifice should not be a badge of pride. The intent of a Lenten observance is to recognize our need for repentance and our depravity apart from God. And it's where we draw closer to God and prepare our hearts for the celebration of Easter. So it's not something to brag about. I mean, I feel like in a sense, like (laughs) the things that I've chosen this year are kind of braggable, especially in this culture, because I gave up social media and I gave up coffee. And if you know me, those two are my lifelines. I guess I'll talk about that later. But I guess the thing is, is that the heart of Lent isn't about what others see you do or not do or give up. It's about your heart attitude toward jesus and it's just that growing independence for what he has done and accomplished for us and you know if you don't do lent so if you don't like lent if you've never really thought of it don't really want to then first i'd say don't kind of look at the motives of those who are kind of finding some spiritual benefit in it and just like demean them for it i think a lot of protestants especially Kind of have this implication that Lent is a quote-unquote Catholic thing and see that as a bad thing, which is a bit kind of historically dishonest in terms of saying, labelling something Catholic and then just immediately writing it off is just, is just stupid. Like, I've been reading through Augustine's Confessions. I say I've been reading through it. I haven't picked up that book in a sweet, hot second, but he is like an early church father, and Catholics derive a lot of their doctrine from him as much as Protestants do. So, yeah, to throw out things that have the label Catholic on it and just say that, okay, well, if it's Catholic, it must be wrong. That is, that's terrible. That's That's chronological snobbery at its finest. But yeah, I just think that the, to forbid the practice of someone observing Lent in a way that seemed to be traditional is just as detrimental as demanding that it should be done so yeah i guess kind of in a conclusion to that kind of portion of the episode i think that the church isn't really suffering from too much fasting too much observer observing of different things too much sacrificing different things but i do think that the church is suffering from too much self-righteousness and i include myself in that like lent being either for or against, regards like where you stand, can become a way of climbing up on a pedestal. But what's more important than the practices we take on is our heart attitude behind it. And I think that if there's anything we should give up this time of year, it's our sense of superiority, either to those outside the church or those inside the church who do things differently than we do. Like The cross levels us all. There is no mountains on the cross, there's only one where Jesus is elevated while he's on that cross all of us at the foot of the cross are on the same plain, leavenfield and yeah that's true whether or not you practice lent so yeah that, that's kind of stuff i want to say about lent but now i want to go into a whole complaining session which i've just done for myself so i have given up social media and coffee for lent i feel like i'll probably make an episode in a couple of weeks time talking about how i'm finding being away from social media and how tragic is it that like <laughs> i'm saying that i'm going to make an episode about how i feel about not having social media like what has my life come to what has the generation come to i guess social media i i really enjoy it i don't really have too many friends in my general life or people that i can actually connect to my whole life i've always felt like i can't really relate to people but being on social media and being like having wide access to multitudes of people is just amazing and I found like different people that I just really do connect with more than I've connected with anyone that I have actually met in my life or people from my family so yeah and like when I'm on social media like I guess I haven't always had the best use of it in the past I was really worldly but now I enjoy it as a way of kind of sharing my faith and stuff that doesn't mean I don't fall into the pitfalls of what social media brings, but yeah, I just really do enjoy it. And I think that the generations before us demonize our generation in saying, oh yeah, you spend so much time doing this. But like, voices have an impact. And I think it's good that through social media, a lot of people are finding their voice and are actually engaging in a lot of political issues. Like regardless of where you stand in politics, Whenever I get into a debate, I'm like, but at least we're having this conversation. The world will be a lot worse place if there was nobody to offer a different opinion. There was nobody to actually engage in these conversations. We'll just have like a dictatorship where it's one guy's opinion and then everyone else just follows. So yeah, anyway, that's maybe (laughs) I'll have to do an episode making a case for social media. I'll write a book, The Case for Social Media. That will be the second book for Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ. I'll be like, yep, The Case for Social Media. Anyway, the other thing I gave up was coffee. I did this last year and I found it super beneficial for a lot of reasons. Because, like, with coffee, I it always means that I have to wake up. Like, I can wake up as late as I want and then just quickly get a coffee on the way to work. It means I can go for a coffee with a friend or I can just sit in a coffee shop. And oh, whenever I typically go to a coffee shop by myself... I'm always like there to do some reading or like studying, etc. And I always tend up just I always tend up. I always tend to end up. Wow, my English has gone out the roof. Maybe I should start giving up speaking for Lent. Just imagine that would make many people's day. Okay, anyway, back. So when I go to coffee shops and I just end up enjoying the coffee more than I enjoy anything else. And I have one coffee drink it do a little bit of study but the focus is on the coffee then i get my second coffee then i do a little bit of work and then i'm like oh well i guess it's time to go home and i literally have achieved nothing i guess it's probably more of a me problem but anyway the reason why i gave up coffee is because it means that i have to wake up early if i want coffee because i make it myself and i feel like i rely on it too much to wake me up i rely on that as a ritual in the morning instead of reading my bible but as you guys know i prefer to do my quiet times in the evening But I don't know, waking up earlier, because if I don't wake up early, I will not be awake, like fully awake as a human being by the time I start work or anything. So I have to wake up early so that I have at least two hours and a half for me to slowly wake up. And it means that I can get a lot more done in terms of scripture stuff. So yeah, I mean, that hasn't really happened. So I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Uh, Apart from one day, I actually, the past two days, what day is it today? Today's Friday. Ah, oh, I'm doing well. It's the third day of Lent. So the past two days and this morning, I've like woken up and the first day I kind of got out of bed and did stuff. But it was day one, obviously day two, day three, that's not going to happen. But day two and three, I, well, I lay in bed and listened to a sermon. So like that was a better use of my time. I had the time and I did that. So yeah, but... Also, I think it's good to just break addictions. I feel like caffeine addiction is is a really undercover one, but yeah, it, it wrecks my wallet. So hopefully I'll be saving money doing this and I'll also be, you know, focusing on my spiritual coffee instead of my other coffee. But anyway, I will let you guys know how that all turns out. But yeah, that's what I have to say about Lent. I'd be really interested to know if you guys kind of what you guys think about Lent and also I'm really interested I made a video on YouTube a year ago was it two years ago at this point saying like what the meaning of Lent is and I can't remember what I said I don't know what information I spouted out but I really thought like I, I had something to say but no I'm gonna give that a watch you guys no don't actually I think I've privateed it on YouTube so only I can watch it there's a reason why I've privateed a lot of videos some of them are just trash But anyway, I'd be really interested to know if you guys are observing Lent, what you guys do for Lent, kind of what denomination you are, if like you've heard different things from your pastor about Lent. And if you're doing it, like what stuff have you given up? What stuff are you filling yourself up with? And yeah, I'd just be really interested to hear. But anyway, that is the episode I have for you today. And yeah, like always, don't forget to send me an email at gmail.com because I'm not on social media. You have to contact me that way. But anyway, until next week, where we continue in the book of Mark, chapter eight. Goodbye, God bless, and I'll see you in the next one.